listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 206, Spirit Untamed, The Power of Math. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And Chelsea, I have a question for you. Did this movie take you back? (laughs) Oh, yes, it did. Yes, it certainly did. For anybody who doesn't know, I grew up on a ranch where I had horses and we didn't have cows. Ostriches. We did have ostriches. (laughs) Like, if you've been an OG listener, you you remember me telling lots of different stories of growing up on the ranch because that's what I did. Now, to be fair, this wasn't like an actual, you know, 100-acre ranch where we move cattle from place to place. No, this was a uh, live dinner theater. So <laughs> we had, but it was on about seven different, seven acres in smack dab in the middle of Mesa, Arizona. But that's how I grew up. So I grew up kind of as a little bit of a country girl in a, you know, bustling, growing suburban area. And Morgan moved in across the street and I taught her how to ride horses. (laughs) Yes. The rest was history. (laughs) So let me ask you, did this take you back? For sure. Because if there's one thing that little girls love, it's horses. And so Spirit Untamed is totally tapping into that little girl love affair with horses. We all had it at some point. Most of us did not have the opportunity to then turn that into a writing career or to actually, you know, take writing lessons, unless you're Chelsea, you know, who had plenty of horses available to her. But so a lot of girls, they would just live these fantasies through different books and their and different figurines. So Spirit Untamed is perfect for this demographic. And we're definitely going to talk more about that as we go into this review. Woo-hoo. They say my mother was one of the greatest to ever rise. Stay wild, mi querida fortuna. And even though she's been gone since I was a baby. No. There are still moments where I can feel her spirit. So before we hop into our main discussion, I want to give you some backstory about this film. Well, not backstory, but just some general information. The studio, of course, was DreamWorks Animation. However, the actual animation itself, or at least the majority of it, was not done by DreamWorks Animation Studios at all. It was actually outsourced to a studio called Jellyfish Pictures, and they had worked on parts of How to Train Your Dragon, Homecoming, And this is very similar to what they did for Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. That, likewise, was a DreamWorks film that was outsourced. The actual animation itself was done by another studio. So I think that's really interesting, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. The directors are Elaine Bogan and Ennio Torreson Jr. 
the release date june 4th 2021 so fresh off the presses and as far as the budget in the box office we are recording this before the film comes out so we do not know but I imagine that the budget is going to be much less than some of their other films simply because they were able to outsource the animation, which that's kind of the point of this film. So this film, it is a spinoff of a spinoff, basically. So there is Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. came out in 2003. It has James Baxter, who, you know, is very well known for his animation and character designs of Spirit and the Horses. And it was actually directed um, by Kelly Asbury, who uh, recently died last year. And he we we talked about him in Shrek 3 and different films that he had directed. And Chelsea actually got to interview him for Ugly Dolls. It's escaping me who was the other director, but but that film was one of the last traditionally animated DreamWorks films. There was one after that, which was Sinbad, but Stall- but, Spirit Stallion of the Cir- but Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron was the second to last one, and they have not looked back. Okay, so then fast forward to 2017-ish, they announced that they are going to be doing a spinoff series called Spirit Writing Free. And this is going to be a basically a Netflix series or a DreamWorks TV series. Um, about a little girl who befriends Spirit, and he basically becomes her horse, her steed, and all the adventures that this girl has with her friends and their horses. It is totally, hey, what do little girls ages four to eight like? They like horses. We have a horse in our canon, so let's turn that horse, spin it into a little girl's property. So we got that. So that thing is now going on its third season. And so this film is so interesting to me because this isn't like your typical animated TV series spinoff movie where it's basically like an extended episode. You know, I think of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, the movie, or I guess it's called My Little Pony, the movie. That's technically what it's called. Or um, Teen Titans go to the movies. You know, those are just like a bonus episode and you already are familiar with the characters and who they are. And it's like, yes, now we get to see this super long, you know, made for TV or made for movie movie. Right, right. right. But this one doesn't really do that. It's basically like an alternate origin story about how the girls meet Spirit. And I have not seen the film, but the way that they meet him in the series is a little different than what ends up happening here. And I think it's just because I don't know why they wanted to do that. So now they, it's like they have these two parallel timelines where Spirit, <laughs> this is how he meets her, Lucky, and then Lucky meets Spirit in this alternate reality, and then they merge. I don't know. I don't really know why they decided to do it this way, but I think that maybe they just... I don't know. They didn't have enough confidence in the series and the property to attract a new audience. Of course, it this movie features the classic themes of like human befriending a horse and he's a wild horse at that. And so I understand why they kind of wanted to continue uh, and start very back at the very beginning. Yes. So I was very excited for multiple reasons, as, as you would understand, uh, going into this film because, yeah, I I fit even today in my 30s, I fit this demographic. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> Little girls who love horses. <laughs> this is who I am. But I did want to, I because I have a little bit more of a background on this whole thing, I thought there were a lot of really interesting things that I kind of wanted to share with everyone. And this is all about the Western frontier and the cowboys in general. So after the American Civil War ended in 1865, the Union Army had largely used up the supply of beef in the north and that was the expansion of the meatpacking industry 
It also encouraged consumption and demand for beef. And so the fastest way to get the steers to market was by rail. Ranchers hired these cowboys, these boys, you know, the to herd and round up <laughs> livestock and drive them to the closest railway st- railway station to be sold around the country. So it was like in the first five years after the Civil War, five million head of cattle were driven from the plains of Texas to the railheads of cities like Kansas, Dodge City, and Abilene, and then shipped off to various packing plants in the north. So this was like a huge business. And this is also the time uh, that is kind of, it's so fu- interesting because this whole period only lasted about 30 years. The, the age of the cowboys. Mm-hmm. So the ranchers, they would generally hire these boys in their teens and they would go and uh, the, they would go with these long cattle drives. And what was really cool to realize is that this was like a melting pot of all types of people the cowboys were. And it's, they all came from very diverse backgrounds, including African-Americans, Native Americans, Mexicans, settlers, like anybody who was just looking for a job in any way were welcome and they were all put in these like houses and bunk houses and uh then they had they would have their own little culture around them and then after about 30 years of this what happened was during the winter of 1886 to 1887 thousands of cattle died when the temperatures reached well below freezing in parts of the west and so like many scholars believe that this was that this devastating winter was the beginning of the end for the cowboy era And also by the 1890s, most of the land had become privatized and uh, then there was the invention of barbed wire. So all those together basically said, "Okay, cowboy era is done. And yet today we still have these movies that idealize this era. And I just find it so interesting Um, also because I grew up in a institution (laughs) that idealized this era as well. And I think it's it's not as much nowadays, but it's still here, obviously, because this movie exists. So I find it uh, very interesting. And I wonder if this if the cowboy movies or cowboy themed pictures um, are going to be coming back into vogue. I don't know. I wouldn't mind it. But yeah, this is it's very interesting. Yeah. The Wild Wild West is just such a fun time. There's something romantic about it in a really weird way Mm -hmm. it's kind of this faraway world right that's close to home but not close to home you know cowboys exist like you said but they don't exist in this way anymore you know we have cars and automobiles and life has just moved on so the lifestyle and the way of the wild wild west just really isn't needed anymore but i think it's just really funny how um, foreigners to Americans, like Europeans, like we have friends from France <laughs> who come and visit from time to time. And when they think of America, this is what they think of. Yeah. They just think of cowboys in the wild, wild west, <laughs> riding horses, wearing <laughs> cowboy boots. Like those were the things that they wanted to visit. They yeah. wanted to visit Tombstone, Arizona and the Grand Canyon, you know, which isn't necessarily cowboyish, but it kind of has that deserty, you know, feel. But anything that tied to a cowboy, they were like, yes, sign me up. <laughs> we would have tour groups of, of of Europeans, specifically French. I mean, there that that is funny that your French friends, because uh, that is a, a trend. <laughs> uh, and then they also did a lot of these movies, uh, like the spaghetti wes- westerns. They called them spaghetti westerns because they did them in Italy. But yeah, uh-huh. it's just 
the whole idea is it's so natural to me and yet so funny that it's like why is this so i guess that's why i feel like why is this so um a thing romanticized ideal idealized uh-huh. you know because i guess i just it was how i grew up so you've lived it I, you know, yeah this totally. is my life yeah but it's fun so that's why i'm i'm here so we're pairing the Wild Wild West with little girls, with horses. It's really the trifecta that you need in a great film. So what were your first thoughts when you saw this film? So Chelsea and I, we got advanced screeners for this and we were able to see it that way. Um, so yeah, were you aware of this franchise no. at all? What were you thinking going into it? <laughs> I had very low expectations for this. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> mostly just because I, the... The looking at it, I kind of felt like, okay, this is going to be for the little girls. And sometimes I, I feel like the writing is just, you know, not that great in those type in movies that are geared mm-hmm. to the the little ages. And but this one it was I felt like it was it was well written. I mean, I, I felt like there was good things in it. So from the very beginning when this film starts, it was just so funny because we see that baby, we see the baby lucky, right? As mm-hmm. her mom Milagro is performing and the second i saw that baby i'm like wow this is a dreamworks film Uh that looks like boss baby like it's so funny how animation especially cgi animation it's all kind of like one big blob like they all kind of look the same but at the same time they have very distinct character designs studio to studio yeah you know the big eyes are big no matter what but like looking at those eyes i was like oh that's that's a dreamworks boss baby for sure <laughs> yeah it just made me think like eh, okay we need to we need to design a baby like eh, just use one of the models from boss baby we'll be good <laughs> we'll change a little bit here and there okay yeah. <laughs> it starts out and it's got this nice little song happening and malagra is malagro did she say malagro according to wikipedia it's malagro which uh-huh. doesn't make sense it for does not make sense. the way the spanish language works but we'll go with but it. But her name's Milagro. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Milagro is singing, and she's got a great voice. She's singing, but there there comes this point in this, you know, within the first three minutes where I'm like, oh, she is gonna die right now, <laughs> and it <laughs> happened. And so that was one of the other moments that I was like, oh no, it's it's gonna be this predictable. But it it gets it gets better. But yeah, that was the the moment. <laughs> I was I totally called yeah. from the very minute Uh, i saw her go up it's kind of a bummer because the mom actually was super cool yeah she's this horseback riding stunt performer in the wild wild west and she basically is a female mexican horse rider and they are really amazing they're cool they're empowering they compete in an event called the escaramusa chara and reading from wikipedia this is what this is it's the escaramusa chara is the only female equestrian event in the mexican chararia which is the Mexican version of the rodeo. The Escaramuza means skirmish and consists of a team riding horses in choreographed synchronized maneuvers, say that 10 times fast, to music. The women ride side saddle and wear traditional Mexican outfits that include sombreros, dresses, and matching accessories. So we get this at the very beginning, and I'm like, what is this? This is super cool. I like this because, you know, typically... You know, most sports, right, through history are kind of male driven and especially you know, horseback riding is 
you know, and, and the rodeo definitely feels like a man's sport, especially during this time. So the fact that there is this singular event specifically for women, and it's very feminine in all of the things, right? The side mm-hmm. saddle, you're wearing a dress, just super cool. And then she dies. Uh. Like, why does the mob always have to die? She was such a cool character. And I wanted, I really wanted to see more of this, the Escaramusa Chara, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Mexican female cowboy because I haven't seen that before. Yeah. And so I was really bummed that we really didn't explore that anymore. I think a missed opportunity, I think, was after she discovers who her mom is, you know, and her mom really was all these things, and she was a writer, to have her go down that path. And maybe that's something that she does in the TV show, but I would have loved to have seen her use spirit to try and learn this horseback riding choreography, basically. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm that you know made her mom so famous and so amazing but she kind of just like oh my mom did this cool my mom liked horses and then it ends at that and it kind of gives her a reason to like oh that's why i'm so attracted to horses and that's why i have this bond with spirit so that was a bummer for me have you ever been to a rodeo like nowadays no not not a mexican rodeo not a traditional rodeo i need to take you to a rodeo these things are things that you need to take part in Uh, Even if it's just to watch, because there are so many cool things and cool sports within the rodeo. Cool, cool. I'm looking at these pictures. I'm looking at these pictures and I'll clue them in the show notes. It's just super cool. Just like these bright blue outfits and these big sombreros. It's just, ah, yes. Okay, continue. They're super cool. I mean, these are all like events that if you haven't, if you've, if you're somebody that is like, I don't actually know what this culture is like then I really highly recommend going into it and just kind of like watching and just like seeing what it, what it all is. It's, it's really cool. There's another one uh, that they were practicing in the, in the film. It's the barrel racing. That one's fun to watch. It's fun to do as well. Oh yes. And it's, it's crazy. Some of those horses are just, they shoot out of the, out of the gate. And it's just like, I, I get scared. um on horses that are are really good at that it's just like man it's really athletic i know that all of my friends who've done this and who are like world champions at this um just how they the horsemen the horsemanship that they have and that they do are is just incredible and something i look up to so yeah i feel like there's a lot of this that would have been a lot better if they would have just left the bomb in there you know it was okay. We knew she was going to die because, you know, that's the, sto- that's the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. We've harped on the mom dying enough. It is what it is. The mom died. She's not coming back <laughs> talking about the mom, guys. Okay. So let's talk about these other characters, shall we? Let's. So we have Fortuna, which that makes sense. Not Milagro, but right. yes. Fortuna, Lucky. They call her Lucky Prescott. And so she's the she's the main protagonist. She has lived with her aunt in the big city on the East Coast and for about, what, like 10, 12 years. And then finally, her dad decides, no, I want her to live with me. And it's just such a weird situation with her. I'm like, why didn't the dad just, okay, the mom dies. So the dad just like shuts up and, and kind of pushes the daughter out. I'm like, this is not healthy. This is not going to work out well. But they don't really go down that rabbit hole of, yeah. <laughs> of like... Wow, she doesn't know her dad. She has no relationship with her dad. She hasn't grown up with a father figure in the home and everything that that entails. They just like sweep that under the rug. He brings her back and she's like, oh, okay, you know, there's a little bit of awkwardness there, but there's no 
like she's not mad at him it's very bizarre because yeah. again the focus isn't on the daughter father relationship which that jim prescott he's voiced by jake gillenhall which was quite a trip that he's now voicing dad characters yeah his voice really caught me off guard yeah <laughs> one thing that i was interested in is like cora the aunt so cora was mm-hmm. like I don't know, probably in her 20s when her sister-in-law dies. And so she decides to take the child. Um, I mean, Is she a sister-in-law or the sister of the mom? I don't know. She's No, she's the sister of the dad. Oh, she's the sister of the dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she takes Fortuna, Lucky, out to the East Coast. And, that's, and she's like the one uh, teaching her stuff, like almost her governess or whatever. And I, I'm thinking, okay, I mean, this happened. And it's definitely, it's a different era in the fact that everyone basically had to take care of their own. Like there wasn't any fallback on in most situations. And so I I can kind of see how they would have thought, oh, he's not, you know, first off, they're, they're in a dangerous place. They're out on the range. And so it's dangerous place for a child. And we also want the child to have all of the opportunities that we can give her. Okay. So Mm -hmm. we'll take her over there. Mm -hmm. So I, I get the reasonings and why they did that but at the same time i'm thinking poor cora like she's just like well yeah. i guess i'm miss like i'm aunt mom now <laughs> i don't know yeah i'm a spinster <laughs> like how am i ever gonna get a boyfriend now with a girl a little child you know not a good look back in the 1800s <laughs> that, yeah I man mean, society yeah, was messed di- up <laughs> different world different world today versus then totally. but back then it's like oh that sucks girlfriend <laughs> yeah first off uh, when we're back east, we notice that, of course, Fortuna is not very lucky because she ends up getting herself into a lot of trouble all the time and just doesn't really fit into this the, this culture that she is in. And was it a rat that came in that like like or was a squirrel, a squirrel that jumped on her grandpa's face? I don't even rem- I don't <laughs> even remember that part. Oh. I can't even speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the whole reason why they moved her out there, because they're like, uh. We can't because her grandpa was trying to go for governor and they're like, she's too much of an issue. Like, send her out. Send oh, her back yes. to her father. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we, we see that she's not very lucky. She come and now she's got to she's coming back to live with her dad and meet her dad. And of course, you know, before that happens, there's the faded moment where she's riding on the train and spirit comes riding by with his with his herd. Oh, yeah. And they lock eyes, you know, and that's how you know, okay, something's going to happen here, obviously, because it's on the movie poster, but something's going to happen here. <laughs> well, and we also meet the villain of the story, of course, because he's Mr. Hendrix. Yeah. Hey, little girl, be safe out there. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Ew, you're kind of slimy, dude. Yeah. He definitely gives me Alameda Slim vibes for some yes. reason. I don't know. He's just the mustache or did he have a mustache i don't know just everything about him i was like yeah you're a bad guy you got all the bad guy vibes you know of course he's trying to be act like a you know the cool the cool slick suave one he's helping he's saving the day but we know there's there's only so much time this movie has and so <laughs> right. bad guy bad guy <laughs> we don't have time to introduce another character boom 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 set him up <laughs> Yeah, so she goes She goes, and she meets these two girls, which, again, instantly we know they are going to be BFFs. We have Prue and we have Abigail, and, you know, they are cowgirls in themselves. They each have their own horses. And, yeah, one thing that I just felt about this movie is it just felt like things just locked into place too quickly, too soon. Yeah. Um, it's 
spirit who's supposed to be the king of the stallions, this untamable creature, right? Like we see from the first film, obviously he's tamed, but he is very, very, very easily tamed by Lucky. Whereas with Hendrix, when he's trying to, he, it's not working out too well. Um, but she just like hops right in there. Like it's clearly this is a dangerous horse, but she doesn't care. And she, you know, does this sort of like hippogriff sort of bow thing to him. <laughs> and hey, then it's all good from there. <laughs> I mean, she did hang herself off the side of a moving train. So she's obviously not that smart. <laughs> or No, yes, yes. <laughs> I think she's just she's asking for an, a quick death at this point. <laughs> So taming of spirit happens too quickly. Befriending the girls happens pretty quickly to me. You know, basically they meet them and they're not like BFFs yet, but then they have this one inciting incident where she's basically strapped on the back of, of spirit as he's running away and she needs help as they chase off into these, this very cliffy sort of ravine and they're able to help save her and then they're BFFs forever. But I just didn't feel like that strong of a connection with their relationship. Was that just me? Like it felt very surface level and shallow. Like I got that they were friends and I believed it, but I just didn't feel it. Maybe, I, I'm, maybe I'm trying real hard I mean, to analyze this a movie. too hard on this one. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I walked into this expecting like crap. <laughs> and that's where I, I'm like, hey, it's actually not all that bad. <laughs> so we obviously came from different points. <laughs> Well, and little kids do make friends very easily. Like, we were just at the pool today, and a little girl just walked up to my kids and said, let's play, you know, and they're friends. Yeah. Off they go. So maybe maybe I'm putting my own, you know, projection <laughs> of making friends onto this movie. Like, that's not how you make friends. It's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> it did take us several years to become oh, friends, so I get this. <laughs> that's a... It's a Morgan problem, yeah. So I, I clearly need to go to therapy to overcome this issue. I mean, we get over it. It's oh, fine. Good times. <laughs> so Hendrix, he's always kind of this looming figure in the background. I'm not quite sure why the townsfolk weren't really too keen or weren't, weren't really privy to him being this wanted man. <laughs> There's pictures of him all over the place, but he's just wandering around. No big deal. I, did he have a disguise that I missed uh, that made him not so obvious or just no. these people were oblivious? They're just oblivious. Okay, they were just oblivious. Yeah. Okay, great. There really wasn't much out there. And like they would walk around and like, huh, he looks familiar. And you see the guy like grab the, the wanted poster and pull it away. Like, yes. <laughs> Get it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, and his like little posse are just like nothing. Uh, he's really the oh, only one yeah. with any with any bite to this group. But he's... Um, their yeah, their plan also changes pretty quickly throughout this whole thing. Like they they start out, he get they get off the train and they're like, "Well, we gotta rustle up some horses." And I saw the right <laughs> the perfect group right on the as we were coming in on the train. And then he he gets them or just gets the one. Like he he only gets Spirit, which is like, okay, Spirit, you're really like you're the only one that gets caught. So. He gets caught and mm -hmm. puts, gets put into the into the circle ring for training purposes. And obviously it goes it shows more and more just how evil this guy is because he's trying to just be evil to this horse. Uh, he's uh -huh. knocking over the water. He's tying it down. Oh, this is a really funny part. He gets on the horse and he comes out. And so spirit starts bucking and he falls off. 
and he starts yelling out, you all didn't tighten my saddle enough. And I, I just have to say, <laughs> Morgan, I'm sure you remember one of the first things you do after you saddle up a horse. You get on it, you walk it around a little bit, and then you get off. And what, what do you do? You cinch it back up. Tighten it again. Because <laughs> this is what <laughs> horses do. They're actually, you know, they're very smart animals. And so they know when they get a saddle put on them, they'll like breathe in extra air so that when you tighten it up, they can let it all out and be like, ha, ha, ha. But this is very <laughs> dangerous. There's been multiple times where I basically fell off a horse because my saddle wasn't tight. And it's like, oh, no bueno. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Important, important yeah, skills. Yeah, so it's interesting because his whole thing is he's he wants to leave the country. So he needs money in order to flee the country. And the simplest way to do that is to tame some wild horses and to sell them off at an auction, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's how we go down this path. But this led me down the Google search rabbit hole. Ooh. Is answered the question, are you allowed to tame and keep a wild horse? Obviously, back then, totally a different story. But this was the answer that I came. It's yes or no, you are not allowed to catch and keep a wild horse. That's because they are protected and owned by the Bureau of Land Management. Instead... Uh. You can contact them and ask to adopt a wild horse. <laughs> that is possible in many cases. I'm like, ah, so yes, basically, yes. The answer is yes, but you need permission first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in Arizona, they actually do have wild horses here. Mm -hmm. And I, I was li living in Nashville and I was telling somebody that and they were like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I was like, oh, believe oh, me. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's no such thing as wild horses anymore i'm like no really there are yeah <laughs> well if it's not owned you know by the bureau of land management uh then it is generally they would be on the indian reservations most likely so mm -hmm. that at that point in time they would technically belong to the tribes but yeah check out hashtag salt river horses on instagram they're pretty they're cool. Well, I was just looking up, like, is this person not believe there's wild horses in the U.S.? Arizona can't possibly be the only place. And I've just found a quick Google search. Yes, there are places all over the place. The Virginia Range in Nevada, Theodore Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota, the Pryor Mountains in Montana and Wyoming, and the list goes on and on and on. So, yeah, these are still very common and uh, they're around. Okay, you just need to look. <laughs> <laughs> The West is still wild somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so very quickly, you know, we have this little moment where Lucky, she meets Spirit's herd. You know, she's mm -hmm. able to go into this meadow sort of area. And she meets the herd. And, you know, cool. She meets the family and she does the hippogriff bow again. <laughs> and then look who shows up. It's good old Hendrix. And this time they capture all the horses. Just all of them, which is quite a feat considering they were considerably outnumbered <laughs> yeah so then they put them on this train and and so this is the part that got like confusing to me because i thought they needed to sell the horses so that way they could leave the country but they get on the train and the girls are chasing the train and the next thing i know they're on a boat well no then and... they, they steal the train <laughs> yeah they steal the train <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay, that's a little harder to, to miss. Like, stealing a couple horses, yeah. no one's really going to notice. Well, no, no, no. If it belongs to someone, then they will notice. But if wild horses, nobody's going to notice. And But if you're stealing a train, like, that's hard to, that's hard to miss. 
There's only one mm-hmm. track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they somehow they get all the horses on a boat, and then they're taking the boat to wherever the auction is. But yeah, once they're on the boat, basically time is ticking, and they need to hurry and save the horses soon. Otherwise, they'll be out of reach forever. And <laughs> Well, I thought it was so funny at the very beginning when she's doing her little math project, and she's like, oh, if the train is going this amount of time, how much time will you be able to catch the train? Oh, Cora, when am I ever going to need this? And then at this point in time, she's like, oh, Cora... I will need this. <laughs> I know. And then I'm I like, know. oh, the power of math. <laughs> <laughs> power of math. That is our title. <laughs> it was fabulous. Oh, I mean, there were there were moments where I, I was like, okay. Yeah. It almost felt like they had a teacher on their staff who was like, how can we make this educational? How can we let people know, you know, okay, let's put a little math problem in there. And then she has to use her math skills to beat the bad guy at the end. You never the power know. of math saves the day. You never know when you're going to be called on to save a, a flying locomotive <laughs> filled with horses. Right. <laughs> Just never know. <laughs> okay. So when, as they're going on and they got this little, this, uh, team up you have the blonde girl who is she's the funny one uh and she's the one that's, <laughs> she's the goofball for sure her horse is my favorite gizmo like every time <laughs> she's playing this song she's like oh, that's my favorite trail song and she starts pulling out her guitar and starts playing this and her horse gizmo nice. the face is just amazing please go through and just like screenshot that if you're able to because it is fabulous and then you know the other girl is like too cool for school is like no i'm not going to sing but it's just so oh my gosh and then the the other quote that i loved the best when she's like oh there's always time for friendship based crafting <laughs> and she's got these little like what bracelets that? <laughs> i'm just like this girl is so weird and awesome i love her so much oh my gosh craft base so now after they've saved these horses the dad realizes oh i shouldn't have put these restrictions on you here always jump on your horse just be back by tomorrow night like (laughs) (laughs) he swings way to the other side like whoa you're not gonna like get on the horse and go with her or anything i don't know (laughs) um yes that's i hey it's a different world once again these are different expectations in life (laughs) for Mm -hmm. a cowboy era versus now hundreds yeah so you remember back in the 80s like our parents just let us roam around the street and play and yeah you know just come back before dinner time like that was normal like nowadays people would not let their kids do that yeah for the most part so, of course, this was the 1800s. Just like, see you when I see you, child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. It makes a lot of sense because if you're looking, a lot of times families couldn't take care of themselves. And so, you know, the at the age of 10, 12, 14 years old, they were basically out on their own and off, you know, getting a job somewhere and becoming cowboys, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, yes, it makes sense. But still, <laughs> in our world, it's like, what? <laughs> I know. So it comes full circle. The movie ends back where we started, which is at the rodeo. (sighs) And this was so fun because I love the rodeo. I thought this was the more fun aspects of the film. And she's wearing the mom's dress. Mm -hmm. So cute. Chills. Ah, I love that she was representing her mom there. 
But again, this is one of the things that just was a miss for me on the film was that the more exciting elements of this world, which were the charas and the rodeo, we didn't get any of that. It was just like tame the horse, chase the bad guys, boom. Like, I don't think we really needed the bad guys. It would just been cool to see her have to figure out how to tame a horse, one, two, learn how to ride it, and then three, learn how to be good at it, like within a very short period of time, you know? I would have liked to have seen her really step into her horseback riding element. have a relationship with her father. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, he he was there at the beginning, kind of, just for a plot device. Then I was like, ah, dad, we don't need you. Get out of here. (laughs) It's true. Okay, cool. The girls, the girls, the horses, woohoo! And then they're back at the end, yep. It's almost (laughs) like, you know, in the 90s, they had the whole kids rule phenomena (laughs) in, like, films and whatnot, like, kids rule, parents rule, or whatever. And so it's like, I guess now all the kids are raising themselves again. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. That's what's happening. So as far as the different themes that were in this film, there were a few that I noticed. There's the classic man befriends horse, which we talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, Black Beauty. There's all sorts of movies like that. There's the, the parent died doing the thing. So the thing is banned, you know, that animation trope. Yeah. With Moana, it's sailing. In Ariel's beginning, you know, the mother loved to sing. So now singing is banned. In Coco, the father loves music. So music is banned. All those things. So definitely the mother loves horses. Now horseback riding is banned. Uh Not just the mother loved horses. She died riding horses. (laughs) So Always be fearless. And she's dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oof. This isn't necessarily a theme, but I thought it was funny. It was definitely a trope that you see in animated movies. Whatever you do, don't look down. Too late. Yeah. Gosh, (laughs) how many times do we have to say that version of that line? Come on. (laughs) Um, So those were kind of like the main themes of the film. Uh, Themes-ish or just things that I noticed. I think they really should have done more with the the father-daughter relationship. I mean, you saw Prue and her dad, like they could have had a little bit more of a connection with that. And I mean, there's a lot of ways that you could have, you know, used the father-daughter relationship as more of a thing. Cause it was actually really sweet uh-huh. how he was kind of just, he was really waiting for her to come back. Like her room. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The strawberry yeah, wallpaper and everything. The, the strawberry wallpaper. What on earth? I love it. I didn't know that was a thing in the 1800s. <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think it was. But I the love man it was so rich, much. so <laughs> he, he owned the railroad. So, you know, he was rich. He could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> yes. All the strawberry wallpaper. <laughs> the strawberries taste like strawberries. The schnozberries taste like strawberries. You also had that little boy and his donkey. Like, he was a, I mean... The little brother, that I guess. That was kind of just bizarre, comedic. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I didn't really understand him or why he was there, but hey, he's cool. He's funny, I guess. And then like Wasn't the random alpaca guy at the, mm-hmm. at the train station. Like, what the heck? Oh, and then there was also that one guy who was always trying to go to the bathroom throughout the whole beginning section. I thought that was a funny thing. These are random like little things. And it's like this movie had a lot of these random moments that just kind of stick with in your mind. And I will always remember the, the guy who has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so another random moment that just made me laugh is she's handing out apples to everybody. Oh, yeah. And she was like, and you get an apple and you get an apple. <laughs> she's the Oprah Winfrey of the horses, basically, <laughs> giving them all these things. And it just kind of reminded me of Sleeping Beauty when Prince Philip, he's like, for an extra bucket of oats and a couple of carrots. 
<laughs> oh, horses. They're so predictable. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so the very last thing, I was like, well, where does this fit in the spirit timeline? Was this before? Was this after? Does this, is this a different version of spirit? So this comes after the events of spirit stallion of the Cimarron. Okay. okay. So it's unclear, but it's anywhere from like 10 to 15 years, it seems. Because then he basically becomes her horse at this point. And then however many seasons this goes, he's going to be her horse forever. But he's an old horse by this point, but he doesn't look it. Well, I mean, a lot of horses will live, you know, 25, 30 years. So it's a good amount of time. Oh, so he's middle-aged. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got my my horse when she was like 14. We were both 14, actually. That's how I remembered Aww. how old she was. So <laughs> Very nice. All right. So with that, what would you rate it, Chelsea? So like I said, I came in with like nothing of an expectation on this, um, but I would I would happily give this a 3.5 stars. I thought it was humorous, lighthearted and generally fun. I also liked that it like it would have been a movie that I I would have watched this movie a whole bunch of times as a kid just mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of the subject matter. Like I said, even today, I'm a little bit still this demographic. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm going to give it three stars. Overall, it was a pretty enjoyable film. There was a lot that they were trying to pack in there, you know, going out west, taming spirit, the perilous adventure that bonds the girls together, defeat the bad guy, all of it before dinner time, right? <laughs> Not really, but it just felt like, okay, we got to do this, 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 and this. And overall, there was nothing offensive about this film. It was pretty innocent. But overall, it was good. My kids would absolutely love this. And like you said, I absolutely would have loved this as a child. But overall, I really liked it. And not that I need to watch it again. And not enough that I'm intrigued that I want to watch the show. But I think because I'm a little past the show. Just a little. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> right. I get but it. I, overall, I had a great time. I, you know, it was interesting. And I'm really, really excited that movies are back in the theaters for the most part. Yes. People are starting to go to the theaters again. You know, I, I hear people talking about like, I saw Cruella last weekend. I saw The Quiet Place 2. You know, this hasn't come out yet when we're recording it, but I imagine that this is going to be probably one of the bigger, the initial summer flicks to take your family to. Now, our next film that we'll be reviewing actually is another one of these summer releases. It's Luca. So the first Pixar film to come out since Onward. So that will be very, very interesting because Onward, let's be real, they screwed the pooch on that one. It's very sad it didn't really get the full time in the box office, but Luca will. Now, it will be, you know, the hybrid thing that they're doing with the Premier Access, whatever. But that's going to be our next film, and I'm pretty excited for it. This is, it's interesting. It's not about mermaids. It's about merboys. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it should be interesting. It takes place in Italy, and so I'm excited to get my yeah. Italian accent on. Mm -hmm. My so terrible accent. The American Italian. Wild Wild West. We'll see you next time in Italy. 
So definitely get ready for that. But before we go, I want to read our five-star review of the week. This one, I love the title. You love me. I love a good pun. It's an amazing. <laughs> love the variety of films discussed. Great analysis and entertaining takes on everything. Looking forward to the future. And that was from Nostromo Joe. Thank you so much, Nostromo or Nostromo. Yes, Nostromo. <laughs> Any of the above. <laughs> I think it's Nostromo Joe. Thank you so much. And of course, the easiest, the best way to support the show is just to leave us a five-star review and to tell your friends. So that is all that we have for today. Until next time, when we see you in Italy, we are the Rotoscopers. recording test 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 how does that sound sounds pretty good to me sounds fabulous i'm recording as well right yes perfect Huzzah. it's pip it's pippa's birthday today Yay, so pippa. instead of forcing a nap which she's sort of not really doing naps anymore like she does she'll go down but about half the time, she just sits in her crib for the whole hour and a half, Aww. like two hours, just hanging out because <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> but this is, this is her tell. This is how you know that she's awake. She has this turtle, like stuffed animal that has a rattle in it. Uh -huh. And if you hear the rattle, like every 15 minutes or so, you're like, dang it, she's still awake. <laughs> if she's asleep, she, that thing's not moving around. You yeah. know, she's heart sleeping as a rock. But... Um, you know, it's her birthday today. And since we're recording right now, I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with her basically not sleeping because she's right here in this room next to me. Mm -hmm. Like, let's put on a movie. You pick your choice, your birthday. It's Frozen. Oh, so, yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what they're doing. Are they watching Frozen? What are they watching? They are watching the one of the Daniel Tiger movies. Oh, so it's nice. about 51 minutes long. So, uh, yeah, about 50 minutes in. Most likely a child will come in. Like, Mom, <laughs> we watch another one. <laughs> Betting $100, that will happen. <laughs> Easy bet. Everything's set up here. Cool. I'm excited to have the interview. Spirit Untamed, Luca. The interview with Steve Gordon oh, right know. before Swan Princess too. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Okay. I love it. All right, let's just do this. Um, 06. Okay. So, um, we'll do the, this part after, remember? <clears throat> so, hey yes. there, animation. Hey there, animation addicts. I am your host, Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. And I am so happy to be able to be here to take us down on the farm, on the range. It's not a farm. It's not a farm, but it's a it's range. It's the wild, wild west. It is. It's the front, the American frontier. And I'm excited this about it. This is not home on the range. This is not. <laughs> well, okay. So Chelsea did. Here, let me, hold on. Let me, let me kick, let me kick this off for you. All let right. me do the intro Okay, go for it. You, you just continue on. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know. If you're not aware, Chelsea. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, you tell your own story. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was actually outsourced to, are you sure it was Jellyfish Pictures? I got a different one on there. Oh, I didn't put anything down. Did I write this? Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, I have it was it starts with an M. Hold on. Hold on.
You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, 